0: Hey, this is Evan Mark Katz, dating coach for smart, strong, successful women, and your personal trainer for love, welcoming you back to the Love You podcast, where you can learn everything there is to know about dating, relationships, sex, and men from a man's point of view. Today, we have Orna Walters. Uh, I, always, I, I always go off script, so I just want to say how I know Orna, and then we'll read the official script. Okay. Orna is the most intuitive, warm, vibrant person. Um, uh, she's got a heart of gold, and unlike a lot of people who are in the relationship advice business, she has a really, really happy marriage. And... Um, when I was single, I used to protest. When I was giving dating advice when I was single. I used to say, "Ah, you don't have to be happily married to give advice. Good advice is good advice, uh, and it's true. Single people can give good advice." Um, but I will, I will tell you that she comes from a place of, of deep understanding and knowing. And uh, due to space considerations, we couldn't have her husband here today because there's only so, so, so many feet. There's, there's no this room table.
1: for but many person.
0: We, we may have him here another day. <laughs> But today, we're lucky enough to have one half of the Walterses. This is Orna, her husband Matthew, she and he are soulmate coaches for professional single women and the founders of the Love on Purpose Revolution, a global online event dedicated to busting the myth that love is supposed to happen by accident. And we do agree that that is a myth. Both Orna and Matthew struggle with love relationships for the majority of their adult lives, individually mastered self-love, allowing them to come together to form a true soul partnership. Orna and Matthew work with clients all over the globe, utilizing the tools of transformation. They're dedicated to spreading the message that having love is an inside job and that it's never too late to find the love of your life. Their breakthrough coaching program, Bring In Your Beloved, is the only course in the world that allows you to identify and transform your own personal love imprint, removing blocks to love so you can love yourself and others more deeply. That's a lot of mentions of the word love. Today, Orner will share with you why love is easy for some people and difficult for others. And um, as a supplement to what I do, I, I, I tend to bring in guests who who are in the same world. You know everybody who's been here before. Um, but do something that's really completely differently than what I do. Um, so I, I feel really comfortable sharing you because we don't, we don't really compete. You no. you pr- prepare them for what happens next by helping them uh, look at their past and I really want to learn more about how you do that. The way I tend to start these interviews is just by, uh, because uh, most people here haven't met you before. Right. Um, can you tell me just a little bit of, you know, about your journey, how you became Warner Walther's Master Relationship Coach from Orna Walters, uh, Wasting Time with Bad Guys.
1: Yeah. Well, then I was Orna Benari, you know. (laughs) I wasn't Orna Walters then. But I first just want to say, Evan, thank you for that lovely introduction. It's so sweet. And I know, you know, you and Matthew and I have had a lot of conversations about why we do what we do and how we do what we do. And that was just the nicest, warmest intro ever. So I really appreciate that. My pleasure. Um, One of the reasons why I really do what I do is because I was a single professional woman, always had great success in my career. I worked in the entertainment industry, which I know you did too. I did that for like two decades. Very successful there, but um, really struggled in the love arena. And I didn't get together with Matthew until after 40. And, um, you know, it was one of those things where I felt really broken. I felt like something was wrong with me. I felt ashamed that I couldn't get it to work, to get it to last. And um, really, I think the lowest point was in my 20s. In my late 20s, I was in a relationship for about 16 months. And on New Year's Eve of 1994, he beat me. And it was the wake-up call of a lifetime, honestly, because I grew up in a home with abuse. My dad was a rageaholic. My mom would witness and participate often. I was the youngest of three kids, I was the only girl, and I felt like a second-class citizen in my home. And you know, those physical wounds from that event healed rather quickly, but the emotional wounds took years and years and years. And I really struggled with this idea of, well, how did I do that? Like, how did I choose someone who would harm me when, oh my, god, the last thing I wanted was to choose somebody who would harm me. Like, how did that happen? Because I know I'm smart, like I'm wicked smart. I graduated with honors from UCLA. I mean, I I always was very dedicated in school, A plus students, you know, all of that stuff. So I knew I was smart and more than just book smart. I knew I was street smart too. And yet here I was, I picked a guy who, um, who hurt me in that way. And, you know, Matthew and I work under this idea of your love imprint, which is really how your subconscious mind identifies what love like looks like, feels like, smells like, tastes like to that subconscious part of us. And it's really how we select somebody. It's where that spark of attraction comes from. And so the work that we do is really about transforming and healing somebody's love imprint so that they can choose from a clean slate. They can choose from a grown-up place instead of that little Girl, part of us about who they want to choose to have a relationship with.
0: Um, and so, when did, how did you get to the point where you were able to choose a different kind of partner? I mean, there's a there's there's a big gap between I got beaten at 29 and I met my yeah. husband at 40.
1: Right. Well, 27 actually. I was 27 on that when that happened. <clears throat> Um, and it was New Year's Eve, so, you know, New Year's Eve is a is a charged time for me. I mean, in some ways, I feel, like, grateful that I could mark the time in that way. And then there's other times when I was like, oh, my gosh, I didn't think of it once. And it's the first or the second my, my, of the my, year. My, my dad
0: died on New Year's Eve, so uh, I, 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 I get it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so you have those markers, right? Sure. And so... Um, I mean, I didn't have a, a boyfriend until four years later, 1998. It took me four years to even have a boyfriend, and he was across the ocean because he lived in Hawaii safe. and I lived in L.A. Perfect. Yeah. yeah it was, that was about as safe as I felt like I could, could pick somebody. Um... You know, I gotta say this though. I did a lot of transformative work, and there wasn't a straight shot, which is why Matthew and I do the work that we do, is because we really supply that straight shot transformation to what's going on. Because sure. I did trial and error, trial and error, trial and error, gathering little nuggets along sure. the way. Sure,
0: most people do. Yeah. The people who are listening right now, or are-
1: right. I mean, I know they've been struggling, and they're like cobbling together. Like, how do I? What do I need to do? What do I need to change? Well, I've
0: already been told a bunch of times that the people, uh, uh, people are like, oh, thank you for introducing. Introducing me to Marnie and Catherine River Thomas, and I like I like them better than you. I was like,
1: all right, good. If that's what works. Right? right, exactly. That's the way I feel. I feel like there's plenty of people that need help in this sure. arena. And so whoever resonates with whoever they resonate with, because trust me, we get those calls too. But what
0: but what you do is again is 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 unique, and that's why again I wanna I wanna sort of get into it and I wanna, you know, sort of say, well, what were the what were the things that you did that got you to the point? where not only could you choose this guy, but start doing this work yourself?
1: Well, um, I wanna say that it didn't change in a moment um, that really, you know, I mean, you know Matthew. He's like the safest guy on the planet. He's like Mr. He's safe. Yeah, he's so solid, he's so safe. I know, but I had to change inside to find that kind of guy attractive, right?
0: Yes. Oh, thank That's you. the thank, big piece. Thank you for saying that. You're It's more powerful when you do it, because I could say it, but you did it, Yeah. right? To rewire yourself from uh, the emotionally unavailable guy, the abusive guy, the critical guy, and and craving his affection, Right. to, no, it's really hot when a guy treats me well, and I know exactly where I stand with him.
1: Yes, thank you. I mean, I hear all the time, like, we say, you know, this love by accident thing isn't the real deal, and that I've heard people say, actually, it's been a while, but I remember giving this talk once, and this woman was like... But isn't it more romantic when it just happens by accident? And I'm like, what? Like, what? I can't think of anything more romantic than me wanting something, either asking my husband for it or him, you know, and then him delivering exactly what I want. That's sexy. That's hot. That's awesome. I I don't want anything else because I don't need to be a mystery. I mean, I'm sure there are parts of me that are still a mystery to him after 10 years together. But, you know, it's, it's this part of us that is wired for survival, that I think really sets us up to sort of pick the same kind of person over and over again. Sure. Because I survived my childhood. Yeah. I didn't die, right? And because I didn't die, that meant that everything that's familiar to my subconscious mind, like let's think of it this way, right? The subconscious has the box of what is known. That's all it knows, right? It's every experience you've ever had and it's in this known box. And that's all it knows. Everything outside of that box is unknown and therefore on some levels, considered unsafe. Makes sense. Right? So for someone like me that's been through trauma like that, even having a great love relationship is in the unknown space. And so when Matthew and I talk about your love imprint, that is this, it's made up of a number of components, right? It's made up of your mental, emotional um, patterns, your um, limiting beliefs about sure. love and your behavioral strategies around giving and receiving love, right? So because I grew up in this tumultuous, chaotic home, um, somebody who was unavailable, emotionally unavailable, that was my thing, man. If he was, I, I always say it like this. He's f- either. Familiar. Yeah, so familiar. So he was either unsafe, meaning he was like my dad and had the potential for that mm-hmm. sort of. Um, anger. Anger and, and Turn on a dime kind of anger, mm-hmm. which is really chaotic. I mean, you know, I always wished that my dad was like an alcoholic or something so that I'd have something a clue. To blame. Yeah. Well oh just to have a clue, like, oh, the smell of alcohol or an empty bottle, something that I would know. Because I mean this, I, this
0: always just came out of the blue. Yes,
1: literally. Like I like I mean, when I thought he was literally going to kill me, he didn't touch me. And when I thought I just did something totally inane or moot, then he would beat the living crap out of me. So I never knew what was gonna set him off. Sure. So I always say you could stick a bunch of guys that were my physical type, like stick 100 of them in a room, 99 of them you know, well-adjusted guys that look like that.
0: You gravitate.
1: Pick, put one in there that's emotionally unavailable or an addict, because addicts are by nature are emotionally sure. unavailable, right? Because my ex who beat me was an alcoholic, which I actually didn't know, because I didn't understand at that time what a dry drunk and all this sure. other stuff. So, but you pick that one guy who's emotionally unavailable, AKA addict, unavailable mm-hmm. in that room, one of them, and I would pick that guy every day of the week and twice on Sunday, mm. right? Because that's what my radar was going towards.
0: So um, I, I've, I've said this, and I, I don't know if you can confirm or deny it, I've always said you don't attract the wrong men, you accept the wrong men. Yes. Right? It's not like that, right. that guy in that room whoosh, just went to you. You chose him.
1: Yes, but it's, it's almost, like I want to change it a little bit okay. because it's so intoxicating. It's so incredibly intoxicating. Look, this guy beat me once and I left. I know I'm in a small minority of women who've had that experience. And that's actually not where Matthew and I really focus on because you have to be in a place to accept responsibility. And if you're still feeling like a victim, I can't help that person. Like we always say our ideal um, client is somebody who understands that they are the common denominator in all of their relationships. Even if
0: things happen to them. That's right. Right, it's not your fault that you're that way. Right.
1: So the draw to someone like that is so intoxicating. Mm -hmm. And I mean, when I met that guy, I was actually, it was the first time I was in a relationship with somebody and then this intoxicating person came along. And I think that guy that I was with before him, because I left that relationship to to be in, and I'd never done it before and I haven't done it since, like leave one relationship for another. And I remember having this moment where I thought, well, if this goes south, like I only have myself to blame. And I thought there was a part of me that knew something isn't right here, but it was. I was so drawn to him, like bees to honey. Whatever it is, man. I, I mean, I, I couldn't. It. I couldn't have not let that opportunity pass. Mm-hmm. I couldn't have. Not, I. I couldn't have not said yes to give that relationship a try. I just couldn't have. And yet, I knew when after that event happened, I never. I never had another conversation with him again. Mm-hmm. I got calls from the city attorney's office. I mean, he hired a high-priced private attorney who was female, I mean, this was not pretty. Mm. And I was terrified this was gonna go to court. I was terrified. So I don't wanna stray too much on that event, but I do wanna say that it isn't so much that, it's like I couldn't have said no to that experience. Because what you have to change is what creates that buzz. Mm-hmm. that's really when we're talking about your love imprint so
0: I I, I want to continue we're, okay. we're running over this is great stuff really great stuff and it's I'm learning I'm learning something right now and uh, I'm what I'm learning is that I got to refer some of my clients to you because <laughs> it's above my pay grade um, I've got some clients who uh, who have this kind of childhood trauma in a way that I uh, I understand it intellectually, but don't have a process for dealing with. got it, and uh, glad to send them to you. We'll, love uh, we'll, to help we'll, we'll talk about that. <laughs> My name is Evan Mark Katz. This is Warner Walters, and this is a Love You Podcast. We'll be right back. Hey, this is Evan Mark Katz. This is Warner Walters, and this is the Love You Podcast) um, a uh, really fascinating discussion about understanding how your past uh, affects your present. And um, I didn't have the kind of past that you had, um, And no, but, but it's, a, it's, a, it's a limitation, it's a weakness. It's, I, I can understand it intellectually, I could read about it, I could parrot some of the things that I've heard about, you know, attachment theory. But at the end of the day, I, I haven't, you know, I haven't walked a mile in those shoes, and I don't have a, a developed process to help people. And I have had a, actually a lot of clients recently who have had some major childhood trauma to overcome. Yeah. And uh, I either dissuaded them from working with me, or they determined that I wasn't, I wasn't the guy for them, which no. is, which is a good thing. Uh, and now I know that there's a better place to refer them, which is, which is you. Are you familiar? This is a tangent. With uh, Catherine Teachworth. No. Actually, that's one I don't know. When we get, okay. at, when we get out of here, I sure. want to give you a book or, and tell you all about this woman. I saw her speak at a matchmakers conference years ago, and she had this very complicated process that when you went through it, you did this exercise, it was like mind-blowing about, about your father and your mother and your inner child and what you're drawn towards. And it was really, really cool. And I, I always thought of incorporating it into my teaching, but it, I, I didn't. it was hers. I didn't fully understand it um but i think i think you'll love it
1: well i you know we do a lot of work with that inner child so i mean look matthew and i we we say it like this it's the love you have for yourself that is reflected back to you in your beloved's eyes if you don't you know for me having been through that experience choosing somebody who's unavailable i also i mean when i start telling my past stories i mean I, i hope these people aren't turned off because
0: no, if anything, know, it makes it makes you real. Most people in, yeah, in our world, you know, put on the, the mask of perfection. Yeah,
1: and, that I mean, that's not to me. That's not going to help anybody. Sure. Like to me, I want to say, look, if I was able to do this, if I was able to transform where I came from to have this great relationship with Matthew, and you've seen this together. I mean, oh my gosh, my heart still skips a beat when he walks in the room. Like I just, I love him. He's a silver so fox. Much. Oh my gosh, I just, I love him so, right? And I feel so loved by him. And it's this, like, I just want people to know, like, if I could do it, then anyone can do it. Because I'm not, I mean, you know, I'm special, but I'm not that special. It's not, I just don't think love works that way. No. I, I really no, don't think it is, does. No, this is
0: an achievable goal. that yes. A lot of people give up due to their, their past and repeated trial and error and failure. Right. But haven't been able to learn from those mistakes right. and get outside of it to see it from where you're coming from.
1: But that inner child piece is so important. I mean, we do a lot of work around the inner child stuff because yeah. you have to heal. It's... That little girl inside of me was looking to get love from these people who were my parents and they were not capable of giving me what I needed. But I needed to be able to learn how to give that to myself Mm -hmm. so I stopped looking to get it outside of me. Because once you learn how to give it to yourself, you know, like I I think in in the love arena, right, we all have this really sort of bad math in general, right? The, The common misconception around bad math is one plus one equals one. Right? Which, ick, codependency, not so good, right? Mm -hmm. And Matthew and I say it like this, our bad math is one plus one equals three. Because when a whole incomplete person comes together with another whole incomplete person, they now create a third entity, and that is the relationship.
0: You said yeah, I, I, I love listening to this because it's so it's so very validating. I mean, these are the, uh, you use sort of different words and, and metaphors to get there, but these are the exact same things that I that I talk about. We, and I've known that from being interviewed by you yeah. that uh, how much we resonate in that level and and, and how your relationship is bigger than you. Right? Yeah, it, there's you and me, and then there's us.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I you know, if you're looking for somebody to heal something in you or if you need to feel like you have to get something from that person, <coughs> I mean, love is not something you get from another person. It's, you know, it's sh- you share love with another person. Sure. And I, I just, I want people to really understand that love doesn't operate under different criteria than everything else in life. Right? Because this myth, we're sold from the minute we pop out of the womb. It does us all such a huge disservice, right? We're told, oh, if you want a a great career or an education or whatever, like, you know, get a skill set and learn stuff and, and, you know, get educated. And love is the only
0: only exception to that. It's just, no, because everybody finds it because When you meet the
1: right person, ew, like that didn't happen. Yeah,
0: and and, and I I did a whole podcast on dating as a skill. That's right. It's a a, a set of skills that you acquire through trial and error and failure. And you don't have to be an expert. And lots of people get married who are not experts in right. dating, but you have to persevere and learn from your mistakes yep. so you don't repeat them.
1: That's right. And and for us, it's really about healing those wounds. And so what I love about the work is, yes, we look at the past and how that stuff gets set and we identify somebody's love imprint, but then we don't really spend a lot of time on the past. Sure. because. I think we all, you know, Matthew and I say it like this. We say that we all make a decision, right? And I'm going to put air quotes around this. It's a decision, right? Because I know as that little girl or that little boy, right, there isn't a decision that's made um, that's a conscious decision. But we like to call it a decision because then you can choose again, right? If you think of it as a decision. So we all have a story about our, about what, you know about what happened to us, mm-hmm. and you know this idea of nothing has meaning except the meaning we give it. Because my love imprint was I'm unlovable. Like literally, how was I ever going to be in a relationship with somebody when, at my core, yeah. I felt like yeah. I was and unlovable. That,
0: and, and that you know, it's kind of landmarky, but like that's that's the that's the story that you you as an operating principle of your right. life that was not based on truth. It was something that was given to you, a right? A limiting that, Yeah, that love imprint was given to you, right? And you had a you had to challenge it. So I'm going to want to I want to bring it back to this, right? Okay. Uh, because it, 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 it is relevant, right? Why, why, why do you think, in general, some people struggle in, so mightily in love when they have everything else going for them on paper, where they like themselves, but they don't love themselves? Right. What's where does, where does that come from?
1: So, I mean, again, it all comes back to this idea of your love imprint. So if you think about it as what, that system running in your subconscious, right, I'm going to say those three parts again. It's made up of your limiting beliefs. Your mental, emotional patterns and your behavioral strategies around giving and receiving love. So this thing is like it, what, what's programmed in there is like the GPS setting, like your GPS for love setting. So right? you have to
0: override your own GPS,
1: right? So, but think about it, right? So for me, I had like totally different address from what I wanted to what I experienced. Yeah. But like other, you know, like I almost said normal people, like I'm had normal, but people, more normal people. People who grew up
0: with secure attachment right. styles and know, know what love and intimacy looks like.
1: Yeah. Like Matthew grew up in a very sort of normal Midwestern family. I mean, he's the youngest of five and, you know, I mean, he didn't have some big traumatic experience and yet he was also single. You know, he was never married before and sure. we didn't find each other until we were both over 40. So, you know, it just like a GPS, right? If you put in, if you just have one digit wrong, right? You okay. can end up either right next door or you can end up miles away from the destination you sure. want. And so that's why I love to use that analogy because mm. It doesn't matter if you've had a big trauma like mine or you've just been struggling. You're just not, you don't have the right address plugged in for what you want from that clean slate of what we call your true heart's desire. Got it. So the people who sort of, it's easy, right? They had it modeled for them. They have secure attachment.
0: Or they got really lucky.
1: Or they got let's lucky. Let's be really fair. Yeah, like I was some, just going to say Some people was my third just thing. get
0: lucky. You meet someone in college and it yeah. sticks and... There's nothing yeah. to learn from uh, that. But
1: also they have the tenacity, the perseverance of we're going to make it work. It's like something in them I think knows that they have some kind of understanding that, well, these problems will just come up with the next person. Because let's face it, wherever you go, there you are. And so, you know, I, I always think it's funny because I don't know about you, if people, if your clients ask you, you know, about you and Bridget and if you guys fight or whatever, but we get asked all the time, like, do you and Matthew fight? We're like, yeah. And they're like, well, what does it sound like? We're like, well, it sounds like a fight. You
0: know. Um. I think we fight less than most couples, and that's reflective of her personality, right? I mean, that's. I mean, if I were to give anybody dating and relationship advice, it's marry an easygoing person. There's not there's not as much to fight about. I'm not the easygoing person, but she brings out a, a softer side right. in me. So,
1: I, I would say I'm the difficult one as well. Okay, I'm yeah. the difficult one. Matthew is more easygoing, but. Ultimately, but it doesn't mean
0: it doesn't mean that you know there two people are not clones you're not going to agree no. on everything but it's how you fight.
1: Right. right? Oh it's definitely it's how you really fight. It's really
0: like it's not whether you're going to disagree of course That's you're right. going to disagree you're two different people. Yeah,
1: and Matthew and I work together too so it's there's a lot of there's a lot yeah. of stuff when, there. when you
0: have to make 100 decisions to a, a day as a couple That's right. you better find someone with whom you can disagree without it being a, a bombshell that oh, threatens absolutely. to destroy the relationship absolutely. it's just an obstacle so it's, you know I say it's you're 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 not finger pointing your problem solving, like, okay, what are we going That's to right. do? Because we're going to be living together every day forever. So how are we going to overcome this? Yeah. And it's not a, a keeping right. score type thing.
1: It's not a keeping score. And you know, when we don't fight that often, but it does happen. Sure. I mean, I like to say, you know, we spend pretty much 20, this is like one of the few times he's not like attached to my hip. Right. So we spend 24, 7, 365 together. I think we agree probably 98, 97, 98% of the time. That's pretty good. And that's And that's it. what I'm talking That's what I tell
0: people to look for. And a lot of people don't think that's possible because yeah. they're used to the relationships.
1: But I, right? want, I or, want to say this though, you know, so, you know, in looking at my journey, right? So this event happened New Year's Eve, 1994. And I just want to say this to everybody listening that my boyfriends before Matthew are great men. They weren't bad men. They just weren't my guy. Sure. So there's a discernment that has to be cultivated about what it is that you really want mm-hmm. so that you can make like an educated decision. Yes. Right. You make that choice. I love because that. Because love term. is a choice.
0: I love and that. And you
1: have to cultivate that discernment through the dating process instead the of only, thinking... If
0: the only wine you've ever had is two buck chuck...
1: That's right.
0: <laughs> then you don't, you don't even know what else is out there.
1: Right. And the truth is... That look, when you choose somebody, like I think it's, I think it, it breaks my heart when people say, well, I'm always told I'm too picky. I'm like, I was told that. I mean, my nature of honor at my wedding was like, oh man, when I met Warna, she had like, it was like a scroll. Like she had this list. list of things that she wanted in a guy. And I thought, well, good luck with <clears> that. And here she is today marrying a guy who is everything.
0: What what'd you, This is before we close this segment. I want to ask, what did you give up from that list? What, if anything, wasn't on that list, right? And you're not disparaging him. because I, I, I know, but heard you me, know what?
1: I'm, I'm going to tell you the honest to God truth. You're, you're
0: going to destroy the whole thing right now. Uh, yeah,
1: I am because I got everything I ever wanted and more than I was ever willing God to bless her. for.
0: We're not going to listen to <laughs> this. This is nice. <laughs> it's wonderful. I mean, it's, it's obviously. I mean, more
1: than I was ever willing to ask for.
0: You got it. He, I mean,
1: I literally, sure. like, I was like. the jackpot. Yeah. I mean, I got everything. And that's what I'm saying. Like, if I could do it, look, you could do it too. And you know what? I, if there is something. And I'll just, I'm going to say it like this because I know the way you work. And I'm just going to say it like this. Um, my friends used to tease me that I was the six foot and over guy, Mm -hmm. so if I gave up anything it was like as if that was a marker, but Mm -hmm. it wasn't really on my list, right? But I'm just gonna say, my husband's 5'10", and I don't miss those couple inches. I really don't. I don't care.
0: And you have no problem with that, because it's also different religions. That's not an issue.
1: No, I knew I wasn't gonna marry somebody that way, right? (laughs) I knew, I mean, yeah. I mean, I was raised Jewish and Matthew was raised Catholic Uh and we have our spiritual center where we got married and that's our spiritual practice and we're in alignment there. Um, but I knew I wasn't going to marry somebody Jewish. <laughs> Let me just say it like that. Fair enough. I just right. I wasn't looking for somebody, and you married somebody who wasn't raised Jewish. Either. Uh,
0: I but I was looking. Uh, I was just uh, looking for love in the wrong places. Well, there you go. Um, this is Evan. <laughs> this is night This is a Love You podcast. We'll be right back. <laughs> This is Evan Marquette's Love You Podcast. We're back with Orna Walters from Creating Love on Purpose. And um, we've been telling stories and kind of being theoretical. And now I want to be a little bit more practical. So you, 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 you know, if you're listening and you're identifying with some of this stuff about, about having a, a rough childhood or not thinking you're good enough or consistently choosing the wrong guy, I want you to listen really closely because we're going to ask Orna about her tools of transformation, right? It's not just identifying, oh, I've got these things. It's, well, what are you gonna do about it now? So what are these tools of transformation? (laughs) How could uh, a a listener try to employ them just from you know, a a half hour here on a podcast.
1: Well, that's the tricky part because these tools are really something that both Matthew and I have been trained in for many years before even doing this work together. Mm. And now we've been doing this work together for over seven years.
0: Sure, and so So, that evolves too.
1: Right, and it's not something that you need, you really do need somebody who's not in the fishbowl, you you know, because your client, our clients are in the fishbowl.
0: And if you're in the fishbowl, you don't even know what water is. That's right. It's just around you.
1: Right, and so really, um, you know, we met, Matthew and I met through a business networking group. So I was already a coach. And hes he has just a vast toolbox, man. I mean, his, his skill set is amazing. And we put our skills together in this arena. So, you know, Matthew's trained in hypnotherapy and NLP, neuro-linguistic programming, and therapeutic imagery. And so he has that access to the subconscious mind. Because let's face it, we can't talk to the subconscious mind, not in English or Swahili or French, right? We can't say to our client, you know hey, Jane. subconscious, we want you to pick a different kind of guy now. It doesn't work like that. We're not doing anything. We can't talk to the subconscious. But the language of the subconscious, if you think of like your dreams at night, you're right. that's a perfect example. The language of the subconscious is symbol, image, story, and metaphor. And so when we're working with a client, we go through the body, and they literally get new resources through that work. And we call that sort of process work... Um, pattern interrupts right we're talking about this idea of your love imprint and people have been doing love that way by the time they get to us usually for decades so it's a well-worn path in the brain so we interrupt that pattern and we interrupt that pattern consistently over time and we reach what we call the tipping point in behavior where this new way of being takes over and it's the coolest thing ever because that client shows up And it's like, it's so obvious that they've reached that tipping point. Every single time through a coaching package, we know when they've gotten to that place. And then the foundational piece that we use is my skill set. Definitely my intuitive gifts, which I'm very proud of. And... um, I like to say I really hold the space for our client because a lot of times we're walking them into their blind spot, things they haven't been able to see before. Like what, what is their true soul partnership? How does that look like? It's not gonna look like mine. It's not gonna look like yours. It's like they get to vision it out once we've removed these blocks so they can see what they've never been able to see before and really create from that space. And the other skill that I bring is I've been a professional hand analyst now for, oh gosh, since the 90s. Which I think is hilarious, because I started to learn to read hands for one reason and one reason only, and I wanted to read potential boyfriends. I'm just telling you there. That was the only reason I started. I wanted to be able to look at somebody's hands and and go, okay, let me find out really about you. And it's such a great coaching tool because, well, first off, the heart line in the palm tells us what your non-negotiable need is in relationship. It's the thing you have to have. And ironically, I don't know why we're wired this way as human beings, but it's the first thing we try to throw out the window when, you know, when it starts to go south. We try to give things up to try to make the relationship work, and you can't give up the thing the you need. The core need, yeah. Yeah, that core need. And so it's really fun to be able to see that in somebody's hands. And what happens when people room?
0: don't really know their core need? I mean, that's what I, what, that's what I see more than anything. I mean, right. y- yesterday, I was talking with someone who, she's 98th percentile intelligent. She goes, I need a guy who's smarter than I do. And I said, you don't Ooh. need it. You, you want it. You're attracted to it, but yeah. you certainly don't need that. That's
1: not a need. No, thing no, But, yeah, saying, but she's, she co- has, she's convinced that right. it is,
0: right? And, and I was that way. I mean, like I'm—I I don't judge in the least. I was the guy who, the sapiosexual, who's like, I, you know, rabbis would be like, "You're such a great guy. You're going to make a great husband for someone. What are you looking for?" I said, "Give me the smartest woman you know and work backwards." And <laughs> it's—it's—it's a—it's—it's it's what turns me on, but. It's not, it doesn't function as a need. And people it's, have this sort of black and white view of that. Like, right. oh, if I'm not dating someone smarter than me, then I'm dating someone stupid.
1: Right. And it's it not It doesn't true. work like that because yes. it's shades of gray. Yes. There's shades of gray in there.
0: So what happens well, when people don't know their needs? I mean, regardless of, we'll get back to the hands thing, but...
1: But see, I want to go back to the hands okay. because the thing is, is we're complex as human beings. And the thing I love about the hand analysis, which I'm just going to clarify for everybody, it's non-predictive palmistry. Oh. So I don't know anything about your future. I don't tell, foretell the future. You're in charge of your future. You got free will there, right? So there's no future telling in these hands. What it does tell me is characteristics and behavior. So mm-hmm. this non-negotiable need, remember, we can be complex. So you can have one need in one hand and a different in the other. Mm-hmm. So maybe you're sending mixed signals. Come here, go away. Or maybe you're, there. there's, you know, some people are really complex and a lot of people are really simple. Mm-hmm. It's most people, the majority of people, they have the same need in each hand. And so it, that's clean. They're clear, right? Mm-hmm. They have a lot more clarity. But if it's complex wiring, because I got to tell you, I have one of the most complex hand analysis of the tens of thousands of hands that I've read. In all these years, I have one of the most complex that exists. You got
0: some pretty fucked up hands.
1: I, I, they're just complex. I mean, look, I always think like a, a you know, when a woman gets married, the, the gown, the, your, your dress that you get married in, your your wedding gown should really reflect who the bride is. And I remember after Matthew and I got engaged and I was like, well, I can't have a simple wedding gown. Like, there's just nothing simple about me. Like, I end up getting this amazing, I mean, it's like, I had all this amazing, ornate, like... Embroidery and Swarovski crystals all over sure. the bodice and the train, and I just—I mean, I loved my wedding sure. gown. But it was one of those things. It's but I know who I yeah. am, right? And it's so important to know who you are in relationship, because sure. how else are you going to get your needs met?
0: Well, that's the thing. When we're trying to get to some sort of objective truth, it's one of the hardest things is to see how other people perceive you, right. And to own it, and, and to say, "Hey, this is—I own my crazy. I get—I get—I <laughs> I get, I get who I am, right? And, and by doing so, you could diffuse it. It's the people who don't own it—the men who act like asses and don't admit that they're acting right. like asses and back off, or the woman who acts, you know, uh, highly emotional and doesn't own it—and and, and uh, you know, so this is the hill I'm going to die on. Um, it, it's it's a recipe for disaster. It so, is. so just being able to say, "Yeah, I'm the difficult one. I'm the one who's got more opinions, and uh, and, and I and I'm a little controlling, and I, you know, I'm sorry." <laughs> Right? I, I back off, I did right. that and now I, I, I'm taking that back. Right. Um, that goes a long way, that, that, that's, that self-awareness. You and have in, to know who you in, are. Well, in relationship maintenance.
1: It's so important to keep it going because, look, I mean, when Matthew and I, I mean, we have, I mean, we have like an apology practice, right? I mean, in a sense, it's like when we get to that place and one of us apologizes. Here's, here's
0: the apology pr- practice. Matthew says, I apologize, Orna. And then when it says, "I forgive you, Matthew,"
1: no, that's not it's,
0: it.
1: You're it's hilarious. A it's a joke. It was too easy. No, really. When one of us says, "I'm sorry," the other person, only when they're ready, says, "Apology accepted." Mm-hmm. And if you don't get that apology accepted right away, that means you have a little more work to do, because apology accepted means I'm done with this and I will never bring it up again. And so that's why we, you know we like to. We like to really keep things clean. Nothing is swept under the rug. Sure. I mean, we say, look, there's, it's not that we talk about everything, cause I would make him crazy if I talked to him about everything. But okay. there is, but we can talk about anything. Okay. There's nothing that's off limits. But if I wanna go, you know, if I'm having a spin in my head or whatever, I don't then go to Matthew. I call a girlfriend for that because right. she wants to hear all of those details. And he's, yeah. he's like, he'll start, his eyes will start blazing yeah, over. Yeah, yeah.
0: No, I'm, I'm familiar with that. <laughs>
1: Women talk. Yeah. I, I know. So, no, you know, have girlfriends. Like, you're. I think it's so important for everyone to know out there. Look, your guy is not, I mean, he, he could have everything on the list, but he's not going to be everything to you. Have your community. We as women need to have our community and our girlfriends. They play a really important role for us. I think it's really important to know that.
0: I agree completely. Alison Armstrong has said it best: "Men are not just hairy women, right? <laughs> we're not. We're not just exactly like That's you. That's right. It doesn't mean we're better or worse. Or just no, just different. Just, even if it's just ten percent different, right. that ten percent is what causes so much friction and misunderstanding. Absolutely, right? So, so how do we how do we take again more more of these transformation tools? And apply that to at least uh, taking a step in the right direction towards right. Heal- well, healing that past.
1: Sure. Well, one of the most, one of the best things that you can do is figure out what your patterns are. So chart your relationship history, right? Charting your relationship history. Oh my God, there's so much gold in there. I'll bet. And like you know, really. And it doesn't have to be length of time. Like we always say, chart out every significant relationship. But if you had, even as a teenager, like a three-week crush that you're still, yeah. you know, like you remember what that was like. I did. Yeah, exactly. So you've got to have that. It's like, it's not about length of time. It's about intensity of connection, yeah. emotion. It's all of that stuff. So chart out all of your significant relationships, right? Who um, initiated the breakup? That's really important. What we find when we look at some of these patterns is there's generally a pattern once you chart the history that you can really get a look at. Matthew and I actually do this with a client without having them chart their history, but it's something you could do on your own, right? Because once we get the love imprint and we get it sure. fast, I mean, yeah. in usually about 10, 12, maybe 15 minutes, we can really yeah, get the get language some, you of somebody's life. You, get, you
0: get someone's story and-
1: Right. And we just boom, 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 and there it is, right? But if you want to start and you want to do it on your own, chart your relationship history in this way. And um, really, when you look at it like that, look at what are the common denominators there. And you might find, if you're more complex like me, (laughs) you might find that there's the opposite side. So it might be that, you know, in these cases, this thing happened. But then these other cases, this other, the uh, the 180 degrees, the opposite happened. I
0: call it the overcorrection.
1: Yeah, it's the... the, um, I
0: dated a guy who was a slacker, so then I went for money. I dated (laughs) a guy where there was no attraction, so I went for attraction. Right. Right, It's, it's all of those things.
1: It's the overcorrection, but it's also, when we think about somebody's love imprint, it's the two sides of the same coin.
0: Okay.
1: So Where you're trying the to
0: same. find your way to the middle. That's
1: right. You're trying to find that, because remember, there's a lot of wicked smart women out there that are having trouble in this arena. Yeah. I was one of them, I know. And so you're like, wait a minute, maybe if I do it like this. I tried that. I remember I dated a guy. Oh my gosh, I met him on an online site, and I think we dated... I don't know, maybe three, four months. But I never. I think maybe I kissed him once. He probably thinks I'm the most frigid person
0: ever. You just didn't want to kiss him, but you were I, giving it a shot.
1: Yes, I so wanted to give this nice try. guy On a shot. On paper, he seemed just right. Yeah,
0: I wouldn't have gotten four months into that. I yeah, would, that would have been that would have been three, four dates tops. Yeah,
1: I was try- I was like, I really wanted it. I really tried, because I was like, I
0: know this guy's better for me.
1: That's right. But you know you've got to have that spark. No, but but same, but this this is what people
0: this is really important. Sometimes when when I do my thing, people think I'm saying take your medicine, give up attraction. No. You're going to be bored and unstimulated no. for the rest of your life. No, no, you, you, it, he doesn't have to be taller, smarter, richer. He doesn't have to be those things. You need to have a spark. Right. But. At the end of the day, you need to be able to spend 24-7 together and not right. kill each other. That's right. And that's, that's right up there.
1: And not only not kill each other, but continue to choose each other. Yes. Because love is a choice. Yes. I mean, love is a choice. I've that's been with also my... something
0: people don't like to hear. I know. It's, it's this but feeling that descends upon us. It
1: is. A, it's a, but look at it. It has to be a choice because we can't count. Because what do you know about your feelings?
0: They've, they're fleeting.
1: They will change. Yes. You cannot count. You cannot put in the bank a feeling because it's not going to stay there. It, it's going to ebb. It's going to flow. It's going to be all kinds of things, and I honestly believe, and I think I read this, you know, decades ago in the Harville Hendrix book. Sure. You know, I just I like to give credit where credit is due, and he says that that spark of attraction is the promise of what can be later on. Mm-hmm. And I think that it has to be there. That spark of attraction has to be there. So mm-hmm. I know I tried to go through the desert without it, you know. Sure. And trust me, I don't know. how That guy was patient, man. Boy, was he patient. Because I was the one who finally said no you know, haven't ended the dating process. But I, I just was That's a
0: guy who didn't have the confidence to walk away when he realized you weren't into
1: him. I know. But I think he was really into me. And he, he, I think he was hoping as much as I was that that spark would ignite. Uh,
0: nice guys have been been friend-zoned before and they just hang on and they hang on and they hang on. And Maybe she'll make the first move on me. Maybe she'll appreciate me, but they're just afraid to
1: Right, and I mean the you know the friend thing. I think we that need really needs to be addressed because you know when you get to a certain age, it's like you're not looking for friends. You know, I think it's really important, and, and people get mad at me all the time because I say no, that's that's not a friend. You know, it's it's a it's a lopsided relationship, because one person initiated the breakup or the end of what was the the hope for it to be more, and then one person is hanging in there, you like yeah. a little puppy, you know, waiting to get more to accept those crumbs. And I've been there too. You sure. know, I've been there accepting crumbs. So. I'm I really think that spark of attraction needs to be there. Now, let me share with you how cool it is when you go through something like the the pattern interrupts and all these tools of transformation is we've all had this experience, right? We walk into a room, a few hundred people we've never met before, and we automatically connect with some people, right? And then there's other people, they're like um, the extras in our own personal movie. We know they're there. They're kind of graying in the background. They don't stand out, Right. And I don't know if you've had this experience, but I bet a lot of you have, where you connect with somebody for the first time, you start talking to them, and you have all these things in common, right? Or you, you have all these con- ways to connect with them about different topics, sure. different things. So when you think about how the subconscious mind works, and we're wired for survival, right? This right. is what I really want people to yeah. get is you don't need a great love relationship to survive. But you have to have it if for anyone to say you're thriving in life. You would not say anyone is thriving in life unless they've got this arena covered. say that. Right? So if you've been in a place where you're just wired for survival, that part of you that's selecting what's familiar in that known box in the subconscious mind, guess what? It's gonna keep giving you the same experiences over and over again, even if those experiences were traumatic, even if they made you miserable, even if they were awful, even if you felt awful about them, because your subconscious can't judge. It doesn't know if you're alive and blissfully happy or if you're alive and miserable and suicidal. It really doesn't. All it knows is you're alive right now.
0: You're alive, and this is familiar.
1: And this is familiar. So that spark of attraction, that charge that we have if we've had a messed up past, especially when it comes to love, look, like I said, I couldn't have resisted that guy. That guy who beat me, there was no way I was gonna resist him. That charge on him was so strong.
0: Some people stay beyond that. That's the thing.
1: It's, well, I know a lot of people do. I mean, I I get it. And I know why women stay, even in an abusive relationship. Because it
0: is, is in and of itself, an addicting drug. It is an
1: addicting drug. There is an abuse cycle. You really have to, I mean, you know, if you've worked with a professional to get through the trauma of that stuff, then Matthew and I are the next step on the Mm. way, on that bus stop. Because... We're not the professionals that can help somebody immediately after a trauma, but we've had a lot of clients after they've done the trauma work and healed that stuff. Then they come to us to create from that clean slate.
0: I am sending them to you. Please, I love them. Send them them back to me when they're ready to start dating online.
1: Yeah. This is Evan. (laughs) This is Orna. (laughs)
0: We've got one more segment, and you're going to want to stick around. Thank you so much. This is Evan Mark Katz, dating coach for smart, strong, successful women, your personal trainer for love, back with the one of Walters from Creating Love on Purpose. Um, and like I try to do with everybody who comes here, I not only wanna have an interesting conversation and make them feel comfortable and go on interesting tangents, but I want them to be able to showcase what they do uh, that's different than what I do and how they could be of service to you. Because I would not bring any guest here who couldn't bring unique value to your life. And it's very clear that Orna and Matthew do something that's decidedly different than what, what I do. And uh, I think it's genuinely very valuable, and I do not I do not say that lightly. Um, so someone comes to you. Mm-hmm. What do they get out of, I forgot what you're, the bring in your beloved. What do they, what do they get out of this, this process? What would they expect from where they begin to where they end?
1: Sure, so bring in your beloved is a, um, is a teleclass that we facilitate live. So um, generally there's eight or nine classes and it's very content rich. So there are, when we call, talk about these tools of transformation, these processes about accessing the subconscious, there's at least two of those processes in each um, in each session, out of these eight or nine sessions. There's about seven that are content-rich like how, that. How
0: long does this last?
1: Well, well there's one a week. Okay, four. So, it, so for eight or nine weeks. Okay. So it depends on how big the group is because we, what we do is we have love seat calls where they, each person gets to ask us and get in that love sure. seat with us. So if the group is really big, we'll add on. Love seat's
0: catching. I wish I thought
1: of that. That's oh, good. Oh, thanks. That's good. So they get in the love seat and we work with them individually. Um, but beyond that, most of the classes have a very, um, very structured, um, a lot of content. So we work in three phases and this is true of all, all our higher level (laughs) programs. So from bringing your beloved on upward private coaching or our mastery group or the bringing your beloved really models the work that we were doing with our private clients. And years ago, Matthew and I were like, how do we get more people through? Like, how do we do this in a group? So that's how bringing your beloved was created, and there's three phases in that work. So that first phase is identifying your blocks, like identifying your love imprint, and then dismantling them. Right. So that's phase one, the dismantling phase, and then phase two is what we call stepping into your authentic self. It's like, oh, now that you don't have all these limiting beliefs, well, how does it feel to walk around in the world like that? And who are you? And what do you really want? And in phase two, you also get a lot of the the skills for lasting love. Because what use is it to bring somebody in if it's not gonna last? And that's that skill set that we were talking about sure. that's really necessary to learn how to do that.
0: And the, and the skill we're talking about is, is, is specifically based in Inner confidence and self-esteem? Is that it's, the skill set? No, or? it's
1: more emotional mastery. Okay. Yeah, it's really about emotional mastery. So healing that that those wounds with yourself, okay. really connecting with your inner child, really understanding what how you're wired so that you can communicate what you want and what you need. Because what you need is not negotiable, but what you want is totally negotiable. Totally. Right, so that's what that phase two part is all about. And then phase three is what we call the creation phase. It's like, oh, okay what do you really want? Now that we've wiped the slate clean, what's in your true heart's desire? And what's really fun in the creation phase, we do a process where we look at your relationship drivers, what you value in relationship, and we remove all the negative emotion from those past experiences. So we take out all the fear and the anger, sadness, hurt, shame, and guilt from those past experiences, and then you get to create a whole new list. And that way, when you go to to be dating, you know exactly, Because to me that spark of attraction right it needs to be there but it's just a checkbox. it's like okay spark check right what else is there and so this list gives that person that client the ability to know and identify an ideal match when they meet one so there's no guesswork you don't have to guess well is it maybe i mean it does does it take some time to know who this person is of course you have to invest a little bit of time but not years right we're talking about a few you know five six seven dates
0: well, it's the equivalent of uh, you know getting in a car and not having a destination. You can't just right. drive around aimlessly. You have to basically know where you're going Absolutely. to get there, and so this helps you identify where you're headed.
1: That's right. And so it really gives you that um, the skill set for that soul-satisfying, long-lasting love. Mm-hmm. Because if, you know, again, it's like to bring somebody in, well, that's all well and good. But if you, if you don't make a good selection, if you don't have the skills to make it last, then there's no point in bringing somebody in. So we really deliver like the whole, that's more of a whole enchilada kind of program, right?
0: Okay. <laughs> a whole enchilada program sounds like it costs a whole enchilada. But that's, uh... um, you
1: know, it's, uh, I don't, you know, I think the retail on it is like two grand or okay. something. It's not outrageous. And usually we do an early registration. It's
0: a group program.
1: It's group and it's live. So mm-hmm. we are on live. Sure. And I mean, we've known to do marathon calls. I think people always ask us, well, how long are the sessions? And I think we say they're 90 minutes to two hours. But I mean, I. The one thing that's nice about having two of us is I can actually excuse myself and go to the restroom, or Matthew can do the same. So we've done marathon, we've done four-hour calls before, because we'll just keep going. If if we need to keep going, we'll keep going. I love that, especially on those love seat calls, because we want to make sure everybody gets into that love seat.
0: I I I love that, and I like the fact that you uh, prioritize giving (laughs) and delivering customer service. I mean, I think that's uh, I think that's one of the hardest things to do when you're when you're reaching out to. To lots of people, lots of people are reaching out to you. Is how do you how do you deliver on this promise? Um, you know, under promise, over deliver. Absol- and so I, it sounds yeah. like that's what you guys do.
1: We are always looking to over deliver because I mean, look, I really I had my heart broken so much like in the past. Like I really I so feel for these women that come to us. And do you have be any men, or is it just out. not? You know, we do. I mean, the, we're actually coaching a, a fellow right now. Um, we market to women, so it's... it's It'd a, it would be
0: hard to get a guy anyway. Yeah,
1: I mean, the, we don't have group programs. The only thing I have to offer the men... Um, sometimes we have one squeak into the spring, and your beloved, um, they've done... We have, mm-hmm. like, maybe one guy and a bunch of ladies. I like it when at least one guy is in there, because he has different questions, different perspective, and it's interesting but to it see both sides. It,
0: it, I don't let guys into my program. Um, I do think it's useful, but I'm the, I'm, the I'm the guy in, in the program. Right. But that's I do think it's the only one. A, a that's
1: the only group one because it's a teleclass and it's so structured. So we're not going to, you know what I mean? It's 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 a. That's the only group program we have for, for men, and we only do it once a year live. Mm. Um, the only other thing I have to offer men are, is the private coaching, which is a very high level sure. investment and a lot of time with Matthew and I. You know, that's really I, I should have said that's really the whole enchilada. But. Do
0: do you <laughs> meet, do you ever meet your clients live? I mean, I know you work. Globally, we you've got, do. You've got a, you know a big mailing list yeah, from, we do. from all, all the summits and stuff.
1: Right. I mean, we have a hu- I mean, we have people that work with us all over the globe. So on the, the private coaching level, um, there is an option for people to come to LA and work with us in like a VIP day to start mm-hmm. off a coaching package, and we work all day long. I actually have one coming up in a couple of days, um, where you know the, we always start with the hand analysis. So if you're not local and you're not coming in, we it's easy. Our office sends you an ink printing kit, and you make hand prints and fingerprints. They're really detailed instructions, and you mail them back to us, and we do all the coaching on the phone. Or you can do a VIP day where you start the package, where we do the hand analysis first thing, and I would still print you. That's right. That print is super important. Sometimes people are like, why are you looking at the print? instead of my hands. I'm right here. I might do both if you're in person. But how you print to a professional hand analyst, sometimes there's really good juicy stuff in how you print that I would never see just by looking at your hand. So that sometimes is really fascinating stuff. I, I'm
0: just fascinated by the number of interesting people that, I, that I've run across that I get to interview who have such different spheres of knowledge and, and influence um, that make your offerings unique.
1: It's right. fun And again, we, and we
0: all, again, we all, we all well, know each other, and well, we're all friendly, right. but it, it's, it, it is we fascinating. We all have
1: our different little skill no, sets. No, but to, but,
0: but to, to, have, to have you in this seat after I've had Rhonda in this seat, mm. and Carol in this seat, and Marnie in this seat, and Alana in this seat, and just realize it, how, how much overlap there is, right? And the unique flavors that people bring yeah. to it. And I see it as like, there's something beautiful about the common de- denominator. Like we're all different people, uh, who have our own little mini religions, uh, but they're all point, they're all pointing to the same place.
1: Right. Well, I think, you know, that's the thing is all roads lead to the same summit. And I just think, uh, you know, one of the reasons why we you know, with our love on purpose revolution, why we had no problem interviewing all these experts is because everybody does resonate, you know, whoever you resonate with, go to that person. If it's not me, I don't care. Go get help from the person you do resonate with. Yeah. You know, if it's me, great. You know, if it's me and Matthew, awesome. But this is what's really cool when we, um, whether it's the VIP day or the next session, you know, on the phone, sure. we um, after the hand analysis, because the good stuff's in the fingerprints. So the fingerprints is your soul's journey. They're formed in the womb. Fingerprints at 14 to 16 weeks in utero. They're uniquely yours. That's why you know law enforcement uses them for identification purposes. So we get to see your soul's um, journey, really, the arenas you're gifted in, what we call your life purpose, why you're here, and also your life lesson arenas, those challenge arenas, those blind spot arenas, and they're with you for your whole life, right? Just like your purpose, because your fingerprints do not change.
0: But I I guess the question is, like any biology, can anybody transcend, right? If my destiny is in my fingerprints, where's my free will? Like like it's it may be cool right. and it's telling, but but, it's but not just because destiny, my destiny. Okay.
1: Right? What really what I think is fascinating, because I read so many hands before coming into this work with sure. Matthew, that's there are certain life lesson arenas that show up that are the majority of our clients. Okay. So if you have um, like if boundaries is a life lesson piece that's very different than somebody who just has a bad habit of not holding their boundaries right so if somebody um, if they have um, low self-worth just because of the nature of, of how they've moved through the world and events that happen to them it's very different than somebody who has low self-worth as a life lesson I have low self-worth as a life lesson right So it's not going anywhere. So as a hand analyst, we're always looking at, are you on the master path of that life lesson or are you on the student path of your life lesson, right? The student path says, oh, I'm a victim. It's all happening to me. And I can't access my free will choice. The master path is like, oh, crap, right, this is my lesson. Oh, okay. And you get tools through this work to maneuver through those arenas. But there are certain arenas that show up over and over. Trust and surrender lesson is one that shows up. You know, I would say the most common from our database of clients we've had in this work Boundaries is a big one, which is the Jupiter lesson, the index finger lesson, and trust and surrender on these little pinky fingers, right? Because they're trying to micromanage and manage everybody else and they're taking too much responsibility for the other person and not just themselves. our clients tend to take too much responsibility. You think that the person Be- is responding beat themselves to you up yes, for
0: stuff that has nothing to do with
1: really you. Really hard, right? And same with that low you know, that the low self worth yeah, that that. That's right. Yeah. Taking way too much responsibility. I always say, look, there wasn't one baby ever, ever in the history of man that one day was lying down and the next day was running. Just never happened. Sure. Every single person has to take those steps. And when we have an unrealistic high expectation of self, we're literally setting ourselves up for failure and we feel like a hamster on a wheel. Sure. And so you really get tools about moving you towards your highest and best self. So we look at the intersection between somebody's love imprint and their life lesson arenas. And so no stone is really left unturned. Sometimes it's an exact match. Like I, We determined somebody's love imprint on the phone through a love imprint session. I think it was like the beginning of the year. And we determined her love imprint is, I have to sacrifice for love. Right? That would make love really hard. Right? Come to find out, she can't. You know, signed up for our package with the VIP day and the follow-up coaching on the phone. Looked at her hands. And from her fingerprints, I have to sacrifice for love. I was spot on. Now, that doesn't always happen that way. It's neat. Usually, it's a more of an intersection, right? Like, sure. she was like one, it was one thing. It's like everything was that, was that bullseye, sure. sacrifice for love. And usually, it's more of like the intersection. It's two streets coming together. Here are your life lesson arenas, and here is your love imprint. And where that all comes together <coughs> is where you're tripping over yourself, and you're spinning and spinning because you're trying to solve the problem with this big, beautiful brain. And it's not this part of the brain that needs help. It's like trying to cut your hair with a meat tenderizer mallet, right? Right, a spoon, whatever, right? It's like that not good for cutting hair. Right? This part, not great for creating love. Yeah. Because that problem is not up here. Because that spark of attraction is being created from that other part of you of what is familiar, what is known. So if you want to move from what is known into that unknown, please come to us, because that's what we do.
0: To find out more. (laughs) And to collect Orna and Matthew's free report, seven major mistakes single women make that block them from true love and how to avoid them, go to www.creatingloveonpurpose.com. Uh, fascinating stuff, way out of my depth. I'm, I'm just, I'm just like, I feel so shallow because uh, <laughs> I don't understand most of what Orna just said, but. I think it's amazing. I think it's interesting. if You do too. Definitely go to creatingloveonpurpose.com, pick up your free report and follow up uh, and learn more about their coaching packages. This is the Last Love You podcast of 2016. Mm-hmm. Uh, we started this at the beginning of the year, maybe launched it in March. We've done, we've shot 45, I think. Wow. I don't know what number this is. I'm pretty sure it's 45, 46 or something. So we've, we've been churning these things out every single week. And um, I'm really proud. Uh, We've we've had, uh, I think we've got 40,000 listeners a month now from where where we started. So uh, thank you for being a part of it. Thank you for sharing me with your friends. And uh, make sure that you go to subscribe to to, uh, the podcast on iTunes. Subscribe to the channel on YouTube. Uh, Go to evanmarquets.com to get your free two weeks in Love You. Um, www.evanmarkkatz.com forward slash free dash trial and I'm going to give you a free gift that will change your life. Um, I love you. I appreciate you. I want to thank Warner Walters for joining me today. Now I'm going to take her out to lunch and I will see you again in 2016. Bye.